Welcome to the September podcast from the Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. I'm Julia Ward, the Senior Knowledge Lawyer in the Pensions Team, and I have with me Bren Elberston, an Associate in the Pensions Dispute Team. Today we will discuss a number of topics, including some recent cases which consider the impact of a pension scheme's amendment power on the ability of an employer to restrict future benefit accrual, and the powers of trustees in situations where sponsors fail to comply with their financial obligations to their defined benefit pension scheme. We will also consider the Mansion House proposals, as well as amendments that the pensions regulator has made to its guidance relating to defined benefit super funds. Thanks, Julia. For our first topic, we will consider the case of BBC and BBC Pensions Trustee uh, Trust Limited and another. These were part eight proceedings in which the BBC sought clarity as to the scope of the BBC Pension Scheme's amendment power and the ability to amend future pension accrual. The scheme's amendment power allowed amendments to future benefits for active members if either the scheme actuary certified that the amendment would not substantially prejudice the members' interests. If the change would substantially prejudice members' interests, the scheme actuary confirmed that substantially equivalent benefits would be provided instead, or if a majority of active scheme members voted for a change at an appropriately constituted meeting. The court agreed with the submissions made by the representative beneficiaries' legal team on the interpretation of the word interests. The court found that, in the specific context of the scheme, the meaning of the words interests was very wide, so as to include, for example, future pensions accrual. This means that, other than in very limited circumstances, such as where members' interests were not substantially prejudiced, it will be very difficult for BBC to make changes to active members' future service benefits using the scheme's amendment power. However, on the 15th of September, the BBC successfully applied for permission to appeal that decision and we will provide updates as they come along. Stevenson Harwood's pension disputes team acted for the representative beneficiary in this case and will continue to act for the representative beneficiary as matters progress towards appeal. Thanks, Bren. For our next topic, we will consider another significant case, that of Brass Trustees Limited and Goldstone. In this case, the High Court approved the decision of the trustees to issue a petition to wind up the sponsors of a defined benefit pension scheme. As at December 2022, the scheme's deficit was around £28.3 million. As of May 2023, this had increased to £39.74 million. The employers had, broadly, not met the financial obligations to the scheme since March 2020. This included obligations under the schedule of contributions, outstanding obligations under an agreement to make exceptional contributions to the scheme, as well as unpaid insurance and expense contributions. There was concern that over time the financial position of the scheme would continue to worsen and the compensation payable by the PPF would increase. Under the rules of the scheme, the trustees could only wind it up without the principal employer's consent on an employer insolvency. Due to the gravity of the situation, the trustees sought the court's blessing to issue petitions to wind up the scheme sponsors. The court was satisfied that the employers had no prospects of meeting their financial obligations to the scheme. The employers had also repeatedly failed to provide the trustee, the PPF or the regulator with information either requested by the trustee or promised by the employer. In approving the proposal of the trustee to wind up the employers, 
the court noted that the trustee had adequately taken into account the financial circumstances of the scheme and the likelihood of the employers making good the debts owed to it. The trustees has also considered the consequences for the members as well as the trustees' duties to protect scheme assets and the interests of members and beneficiaries. The case emphasises that the court may support a trustee's request to ultimately force the winding up of a pension scheme by petitioning for employer wind-up. This is particularly the case where sponsors fall behind with their financial obligations in circumstances where there is no prospect of these employers meeting those obligations in the future. Such actions are likely to be exacerbated if there is a lack of communication from the employer to the trustee regarding its financial position. Thanks, Julia. In the case of Shah and the pensions regulator, the Upper Tribunal has examined the regulator's decision to issue a contribution notice against two directors of a statutory employer that went insolvent and triggered the winding up of a scheme with a deficit of £5.85 million. The Upper Tribunal upheld the decision of the regulator to issue a contribution notice of the sum of £3,688,108 after a finding of fact that the target and his nephew had been party to a series of financial transactions that had caused material detriment to a group pension scheme. This quantum was reached by reference to the sale proceeds of shares held by one of the scheme's statutory employers in an Indian joint venture company. The sale proceeds were paid in 2014 to another group company, which was not a statutory employer in relation to the scheme. Later that year, the scheme winding up provisions were triggered after the principal employer entered into a CVA as a result of insolvency. At that time, the deficit in the scheme was estimated to be £5.85 million. The tribunal held that the material detriment basis had been met and it was therefore reasonable to issue a contribution notice. Importantly, the upper tribunal also confirmed that there was no need to base the quantum of a contribution notice on any kind of but-for causation or compensatory analysis of loss caused as a result of the act or failure to act. The focus should therefore be on the extent to which the act or failure to act had caused detriment to the prospects of scheme members getting their benefits from the scheme. This reaffirms the regulator's wide scope for setting contribution notice amounts, which are not linked to the nature of the act or omission, but rather the effect of the detriment to the scheme. Thanks, Bren. For our next topic, we will consider the Mansion House proposals. On the 10th of July 2023, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt discussed the Mansion House reforms. These build on previous consultations and calls for evidence. The DWP aims to weave together a coherent strategy in order to boost returns and improve outcomes for pension fund holders whilst increasing funding liquidity for higher growth companies. As part of the proposals, the DWP wants a permanent defined benefit super fund regulatory regime to provide sponsoring employers and trustees with an alternative buyout option. This offers them a way to manage defined benefit liabilities so that super funds can use their scale to invest in assets that support the UK economy. Super funds will be authorised and supervised by the pensions regulator. However, primary legislation is required and this will take some time. The DWP also aims to increase investment in productive asset classes by defined benefit pension schemes. Hunt also proposed that defined contribution schemes will have to disclose standardised metrics to a regulatory database regarding their value for money. Where a scheme is found to have poor value against its peers, it will have a defined timeline to improve. The regulator will have new powers to enforce wind-up and consolidation if it does not. Primary legislation is to come on this point. The DWP also proposes to introduce a multiple consolidator model for small deferred pension pots 
as well as encouraging collective defined contribution schemes. For our final topic, we note the revisions the pensions regulator has made to its guidance on defined benefit super funds. The regulator recognises that, whilst the DWP has confirmed that it will be legislating in this area, such legislation will take time. In order to assist employers and trustees who wish to take advantage of superfund opportunities in the meantime, the regulator is updating its guidance by making it easier for schemes to transfer to a superfund. It is also amending the funding expectations by amending the discount rate from GILTS plus 0.5% to GILTS plus 0.75% to reflect the changing market conditions. The regulator may also change its approach to profit extraction following industry engagement regarding this. The regulator will then issue an update on its position in this area in due course. The new guidance also provides greater clarity on the regulator's expectations for the assessment process. Given the numerous economic changes and challenges since the guidance was first issued in 2020, the Superfund regime is yet to take off. However, the regulator is keen to promote DB Superfunds as part of the risk transfer and management options for defined benefit pension schemes. It is one way to improve governance of smaller schemes and also offer economies of scale. The change to its guidance are intended to ease entrance into the market whilst we await a legislative regime in this area. That's all for this month's podcast. Further detail can be found in our September snapshot, which is available on our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. You can listen to this podcast again and subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher or on the Pensions Hub.